Blog Talk Radio. Talk shows on the air and Eastern Airlines Radio Show. We're coming to you live with another episode of Airline Talk News and History. We call it the Airline Radio Hour, bringing you stories from here and there, one airline to another with live conversation. Hi, my name is Neil Holland, retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. And if you're listening in on the show's website, uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, that's C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E and you'd like to call in and talk with our guest, host or just to add your memories then why not call us now you can call us at area code 213-816-1611 I'll see your number on my producer's board and ask if you'd like to Join the host and share those memories with us. We'd like to hear from you. And around the world, hello, because we do have listeners in 50 countries around the world. Had a couple of new ones. I don't even know how to pronounce one of them's name. Uzbekistan, I think that's the way you pronounce it, Uzbekistan. And I think that's one of the spin-off countries of the Soviet Union. And um, welcome aboard. And... Uh, most of the countries around the world listen to us at different times, and we have all of our shows are archived at our website, our, our provider's uh, website, and that's blogtalkradio.com uh, forward slash Captain Eddie. Uh, our antenna is 22,000 miles above the earth, so we do get around. And I'll repeat the number one more time, and then we'll find out who's with us today. Area code 213-816-1611. Come on, give us a call and share 
share some information or share memories of your airline. Now we do have uh, some uh, hosts. We call them hosts because they're pretty regular on our show. We've got one that uh, I haven't heard from in a long time, uh, and we're going to ask him a little bit about uh, bringing us up to date on the airline that uh, the two of the three of us used to work for that are here on my board right now. But uh, I'm going to say first of all, uh, hello to Mark Porter. And Mark is down in, uh, I guess, the Miami area, Air Code 305. Hello, Mark. Hey, Neil. How's your day going? Beautiful it's sunshine doing, here. It, yeah, it's doing good. I'm glad you could break away from your normal activity on Saturday and and uh, and bring us up to date on the on the uh, new Eastern Airlines. I guess it's version 3.0 now or something like that. We don't know. But anyhow, yeah, it carries the no name problem. of my pleasure. Yeah, a company that we we used to work for, and then of course uh, is Jim Holder. Jim's always with us, and just about every uh, Saturday, and uh, we hear some of his stories Monday nights. We'll tell you a little bit more about our show that we do Monday nights. Hello, Jim Holder. How are you? And what's going on in your backyard? Well, uh, hello, hello, everybody. Yeah, I'm here, and nothing's going on backyard. I- cut it yesterday and my little puppy dog okay. was out running around out there and a little booger and uh you know we, let me tell you real quick what they she does if anything's on the floor paper anything she grabs it and run it and you can't get her but i was ordering my va medications this morning she grabbed one of my medications and oh, i God. chased her around off the house i couldn't catch her but i had a treat so i threw the treat in her cage and she went running in there and uh <laughs> chased it Chase that, and I slammed the door on her real quick and reached in there and got my medication. How so, old is she now, Jim? How old is she? Seven seven weeks old. Seven and weeks? Wow. No, seven months. I'm sorry. Okay, seven months. <laughs> okay. She weighs about 13 pounds now. Okay, very good. All right, you got her on a special diet. You don't throw table food at her, do you? Uh, only when she behaves. I'll okay. give her a nice treat, a piece of hamburger meat or something like that. But uh, I tell you, when they grab your prescription and start running with it, you you get you get a little mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> you know, we we used to in the old days didn't have all these fancy foods that are in bags and cans and what have you. Yeah. We just yeah. whatever whatever we had for dinner, that's what the dog got. That's right. Bones that's and right. all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if they misbehave, we feed them to the pigs. There Which, you uh, go. That didn't last very long because they were bird dogs, and my granddaddy wouldn't let us harm those yeah. bird dogs or yeah. anything. All right. Let's hear from the other Jim, Jim Harris, Captain Jim Harris. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing well. It's another wonderful day in Dripping Springs, Texas. At the moment, it's 90 degrees. I got a light breeze, uh, clear blue sky. And uh, it's another lovely day here. Okay, very good. All right. We were talking about animals before we came on the show. And uh, I'm sure in Texas and not so much down in Mark's area because it's uh, civilization down there. And Mark, you probably don't have enough woods to to uh, get a dog to raise its leg to pee. But uh, <laughs> Come in. <laughs> Come in. <laughs> but... Uh, we we do here and boy we got we got all sorts of animals in our backyard and the one that's most uh, annoys me the most is turkeys uh, these things i don't know uh, they're teenagers right now and we got three toms that are always in, underneath my magnolia tree which is about oh 10 to 15 feet from the back of my house and they love that area and they come over and peck on my back door and of course, standing there on the on the door stoop, uh, they, they that's their bathroom also. So it's it's so annoying that I have to run them away. And uh, I mean, these birds are big birds; they are bigs. Uh, but the toms, of course, with their beard hanging down out of it, off their neck, I feel like grabbing that beard. And when I open the door, it doesn't frighten them. And it's obvious that some of our neighbors are feeding these these critters. And um, and so they're coming and knocking, wanting a hand out. But uh, I 
I shoo them off with a broom. And uh, <laughs> but anyhow, animals can be annoying. Okay. Well, let's see. What can we talk about? I've got all sorts of questions I want to ask, but I'm going to ask Mark first of all to bring us up to date on Eastern Airlines, the company that goes by the name of the name that we flew for many, many years, Jim Harris and Jim Holder and myself, and um, and they're still operating under the name of Eastern Airlines, uh, different uh, color airplanes, I guess, and different airplanes. So, Mark, how about bringing us up to date what's going on? Sure, my pleasure. Well, finally, uh, Ken Woolley, who's the owner of Eastern Airlines, <clears throat> along with his brother, hired Steve Harsh, the CEO. And, and the CEO is really doing a job at ruining uh, Eastern. So I'm really glad to see that Ken has taken the helm again. And, and since he's taken the helm, things have begun to move at a fast rate. Um, just uh, four or five months ago, Eastern Airlines 767 fleet, of the seven they had, only two were operable. And you had many mechanical things going wrong with those airplanes that are very dangerous that I don't even want to mention. But since Ken has taken over, they've brought all the fleet up to date and added two more aircraft to it and retired one. So now they have a fleet of eight 767. Seven of them are 767-300s and a lot younger than the past aircraft they had. And one is a 767-200 which is the oldest 767 in the sky flying. It's, I think, uh, 40 years old. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and it operates in amazing – it has Pratt & Whitney engines. It operates in amazing condition, and they, they just can't quite get rid of it because it doesn't ever break down, this thing. Um, but they're, they're looking at replacing it. And look, look, and, uh, look, yeah, go ahead. look at how long the B-52's been flying. Oh, I know. That's wild. And they just got upgraded again. Yeah, that's yep. right. Um, but under Ken's uh, leadership, um, he's now put all of cargo on hold because it is silly, if you think about it, to have 777, 200s, and 300s, and you're going to load them through a passenger door. It just didn't make sense to me. And I guess mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to Ken either, you know, because it would take hours to load that. Even if it's email, I mean, uh, <laughs> um, your electric, uh, what do you call it, uh, cargo. Yeah. And, and many airports were saying, no, 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 we don't want Eastern Airlines here. Because imagine, you'd have to have, I don't know, 30 men taking in the small packages, and then you have to tie it down and secure it. So he's put all cargo on hold. The cargo aircraft that were coming out are now in storage because the, the cargo door really has to go in. So all the 777s coming out now are passenger. And he has N771 KW and N285 KW that are ready to go um, with all other, with many other 777s coming out. My argument with, uh, or not argument, my suggestion with Ken was that Eastern it was great having 767s and the 777s, but it would be in the same uh, predicament as, as Pan Am and, and Eastern when they got the wide bodies, because if they were not 75% full, they were losing money. And you have for a 777 and even 767, you have to be flying to well-populated cities, New York, Paris, um, Sao Paulo, Rio de Janeiro, uh, Buenos Aires. You can't fly those to secondary markets like Eastern was doing to Georgetown or Guayaquil. I mean, Guayaquil only has 106,000 Ecuadorians coming to the United States a year, whereas just out of Sao Paulo alone, you have 800,000 coming to Miami every year. And out of Buenos mm. Aires, 700,000 annually. Wow. And out of London, 900,000 to Orlando and 700,000 from Toronto to Orlando. So those were used 767, but he wasn't flying them anywhere. They were carrying 35 passengers on a 767. So if you do the math, 
they're going bankrupt. And he almost did bankrupt the airline. So since that time, um, besides putting the, the cargo in storage and bringing the 777 passenger jets out, he is now added a, he bought an, another, bought another airline called Hillwood Airways. And Hillwood flies 737-700 next generation. It's a very fuel efficient aircraft. And I see that's being incorporated to the Eastern Airlines name. So Eastern will be flying 767, 777, and 737 aircraft. Now that's a perfect airline in makeup for air for aircraft. Um, any questions? Yeah, where is Hillcrest based? Where were they based, and what where were they flying? Do you know, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, Hillwood is based in uh, Dallas, Hillwood. Texas, and in and in Dulles, and uh-huh. they're mainly uh, mainly charter um, uh-huh. with the seven three seven. That's what they really do, and their aircraft are really fancy inside. So those have to be redone, taken out to uh, Kansas City and redone for the interiors um, because they're set up for fancy charters. Well, um, let me let me stop you on the charter thing and ask Jim Holder. Uh, he flew for ATA. Wasn't uh, ATA originally, Jim, a charter outfit or, or non-skid? Or, how did ATA yes, operate? Yes, they started out with a Boeing 7, 720, I think. I remember seeing it one night in Indianapolis, and I said, who's that? You know, ATA. Never dreaming that someday I'd fly for them. But uh, it, it wasn't freight. It was a passenger charter, scheduled service. I had a lot of scheduled service by the time I came along. And uh, definitely mm-hmm. round-the-world charters. But okay. it wasn't a freight airline. Well, it was, that's, was kind of like American Transair, right? Yeah, it's the American Transair. It was kind of like Sun Country, wasn't it, up in Minneapolis? Sun Country, wasn't it? Yeah, sort of like that, except I think yeah. it was a lot bigger. Okay, okay. All right. Hmm. All right, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, no, Mark. No. no, there's no problem. And Ken has also branched out, and he purchased 50% of an airline based in Crete called Tus Airways. And they Crete. fly the A3 oh. Crete. Yeah, Crete, yeah. And they Greece, in the Mediterranean. Yeah. And they, they fly the A320, and they just purchased a few A330s. So I can see a worldwide setup here under the Eastern Airlines umbrella. Mm. Because you have 777s, you have A320s, you have A3, uh, 3, uh, 321, 320s and 21s. You have 777s, you have 767s and 737s. To me, that is beginning to take shape into a very viable, you know, if you fly a 777 over from John F. Kennedy into Crete, and you then have destinations on A320s, that's, that's pretty good right there. You know, you mentioned all these various model types and make their manufacturers. Um, I think there's only one airline that I, I mean in this country that and seems to be making money in all, except for technical issues now, and that's Southwest. They only fly one airplane. And you start right. mixing all of these various airplanes. Looks like to me that's just a, a way of, um, you know, having some real financial problems. Yeah, I think the best mix in a fleet is the 777 and 737, just those two alone. Yeah. Because um, one is your narrow body and one's your wide body. They can fly from here to China. Um and uh, pick a base, you know, because if you use the hub-and-spoke system, you're going to fill that aircraft. Whereas if you do a point-to-point, like Steve Harstead wanted to, with wide-body aircraft to small markets, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, it's, you know, shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. I know Jim Harris would probably settle for one airplane 727 to operate an airline <laughs> <Yeah>. business. <laughs> best best yeah, in the sky. There, there, yeah, there, there again, you have 
it's a narrow body aircraft. So to fill that aircraft takes a lot less than what does it carry? 175 passengers in the 200 model. Yeah, 137. 137. Okay. 164. Wasn't that the 200 series? About 164. Yes. 137 was the, yeah. what, okay. what, the way we had it set up. Yeah. ATAs I, were 170, 174, I think. Uh, but we had the 727s with some bigger engines, more powerful engines. But it was still a narrow body. Mm-hmm. And it was a fuel burner, because too. I, I, I yeah, was doing we had the math extra the yeah. Extra fuel tank in the building, so we could go a long mm-hmm. way. I flew once oh. uh, all the way to wow. Germany. Wow. Wow. From yeah. Canada, mm-hmm. not from, <laughs> from Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Mark. Huh. Um, no, I mean, I, I did, uh, the, the airlines are being either poorly managed or, or something because I did. They're charging about twelve hundred dollars to go from John F. Kennedy to Tortola, the Virgin, uh, the Virgin Islands. And so I did the math the other day from John F. Kennedy cargo, you know, the pilot fees, the 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 you know two hundred and four, one hundred and four for the uh, co pilot, uh, and then let's say really high numbers like forty two thousand for each flight attendant and the hours the plane would fly down back. And I still could put that flight into Tortola for the you know short field performance aircraft for two ninety nine round trip and make money. Yeah. And yet the big airlines are charging one thousand two hundred dollars. Mm. It was just like it left me like, well the first guy that grabs a short field performance aircraft and flies in there nonstop from John F. Kennedy can cut American Airlines and all these guys out of the market. Well, you say short field airport. What do you mean short field? How long runway? 4,300 feet. That sounds like St. Thomas. Sounds like St. Thomas. St. Thomas was less than five. Yeah, and and so, you know, Tortola is a little bigger than that. Yeah, Tortola is bigger than that. But Vieque is exactly 4,300 feet, and the 737-800 short field performance aircraft can take off from that uh, nonstop. What kind of load? Full load? I know it's, I haven't checked that out, but that's what the aircraft was designed for to go from Rio de Janeiro, you know, fully loaded. And I think Rio, though, is 4,500. Yeah, I was and going to go into St. Thomas, and uh, and that, that 757. 757 is really a great short field airplane. I mean, that airplane it's is true. not going to die. And it's kind of like it's the, the Electra. I think you could land the Electra on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. They've done it. Mm-hmm. They did. Well, you know, uh, ATA, we flew seven. We flew the seven twenty sevens out of Midway on ninety degree days, and it's like fifty one hundred feet. Wow. And it was packed off flaps, you know, uh, twenty five and everything. And twenty five degrees. Get air into air. But, yeah, but yeah, I you tell you, we scared part. a lot of people on the north side of the <laughs> airport. You know, that one captain got two chimneys in his career. <laughs> Blue over two chimneys from that old part of Chicago. I'm sure well, you know how you know the run you know the runway needed for seven four seven two hundred, right? Uh, what no, about nine thousand nine thousand? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So the yeah. Sao Paulo airport was seven thousand, yeah. and I used to be on those Pan Am seven four sevens, and he'd go to the end of the runway, lock the brakes, bring down the flaps. Roar those engines! Everyone's turning white, of course, and I'm going, "Yeah, it's 16." I go, "We can do this!" And bring up, lock, unlock the brakes, and we'd shoot down like a rocket because there's a mountain at the end of that runway. And he'd turn that 747 straight up like it was going to the moon, and I was thrilled. But passengers there, they're passing out. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh Version 3.0, they still using the same paint job uh, on their airplanes, Mark? 
Unfortunately, yeah. I haven't talked to um, the owner yet about that because I just think since he's in charge now, they don't, you know, what do they have, like eight planes painted. Um, if he's going to continue bringing out the 35, oh, no, the 33 more 777s, they could get a lot of advertising just going back to the old paint job. Yeah. Um, without doing anything except painting it that way, the, 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 the rumor mill and talking would go worldwide. Even though it's been here for, you know, five years or so, people would be saying Eastern is back because of that paint job. Yeah. Very pretty and very recognizable too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So when you, when you do certain things, instead of starting, you know, if you had that paint job to the beginning and then you sort of worked in a different, you know, um, type of paint job or livery or anything you wanted, that's different, but at least start with the recognizable paint job that made Eastern airlines. So, so well known from, well, from a distance. Well, you know, yeah. Mark, I, I still think their Eastern 2.0 version 2.0 had a very good chance of, of, of surviving had it not been for people above Ed Weagle. I think Weagle is is a good man to operate an airline. He's operating Global X now. Yeah. And uh, as I think charter flights and also military, I believe. And right. uh, but no, he's the, very, he kept the he's very safe. He's, Go ahead. Yeah, he's very level-headed, very nice. Um, he, he just had backers, well, essentially one backer that didn't know anything about aviation. And so when he saw millions of dollars, <laughs> he panicked. But, you know, aircraft, they don't cost $3. So if you're going to go buy an aircraft brand new, I do think that was a mistake. Because if you're yeah. going to go buy small regional jets brand new and the max brand new and everything, you can buy a lot more or lease a lot more aircraft that are, are really good and they're used, like Avalo Airlines does. So that's a big growing airline. Well, you know, Ed was going to go with the Chinese, uh, that China airplane, C-919. And I mm -hmm. went down and visited uh, Ed in the operations, and he had a model of it and all that. And China was going to supply that airplane, give uh, Eastern a good break on it. And uh, then they ran into uh, difficulties, you know, in the design work and, 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 and turning it out. So finally they got mm -hmm. it approved. You see in the you seen in the mm -hmm. air air news about the China C nine one nine I think they call it, and it's kind of on the version mm -hmm. of a seven three seven. Even looks like it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they they do that well is copying aircraft. Yeah, um, whether it's Airbus or Boeing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, wow. and Eastern currently is flying once a month from Miami to Santa Domingo just to maintain their license. Mm -hmm. You really, know, it's yeah. not to, but they're, but they're doing it <clears throat> with the um, 767. My argument to Ken Woolley is you do this with the 737 and that's a money-making route, you know, just do it yeah. out of like Trenton or do it out of Islip because there are a lot of Dominicans in those places and they wouldn't have to go into John F. Kennedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well. Uh, oh boy, starting an airline. I I was in uh, Pittsburgh starting up a company called Air Train. This was before Air Tran, and um, I was a director of flight operations, and and um, I quit because of the guy that owned it. He was a real nut. He was a control tower operator wanting to be an airline executive. He did have a little airline at Burbank, and uh, he wanted me to be his chief pilot, and I said, no, thank you. He had uh, the chieftains, the Piper chieftains. He was operating primarily sightseeing around the Grand Canyon. And mm -hmm. uh, But at any rate, uh, tried to start it, and it lasted about two years. 
about a year after I left, and um, we bought DC-9s off the desert, eastern DC-9s to operate, and um, got them approved and everything. And then, of course, like most airlines that don't make it, it was underfunded. It just didn't have the money. Right. Yeah, I was doing the calculations for a six-passenger, seven, six, seven, seven or eight hundred. You have to have at least eighty-eight million to start that airline, because the petrol alone to eat you alive. Just yeah. The petrol. You know, if well, you're flying those aircraft like ten hours a day. Yeah. The the the, the over three hundred fifty days, the petrol is about fourteen million on that aircraft. Plus, the DOT requires you to have so much reserve uh, set aside mm-hmm. that you can't even touch. Back in the day that I was in Pittsburgh, we were required to have 15 mil. God knows what it is today in reserve that you can't touch. Oh, yeah. So you you got to have deep pockets to start an airline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there are a lot of people out there that want to throw their money in a new airline. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, guys, uh, very good. Any questions for Mark, Jim Holder, or Jim Harris? No. Not yet. Uh, not, yeah, <laughs> not me yet. <laughs> you know, uh, Jim Holder, with ATA, you guys were made up mostly of Eastern pilots, weren't you? Oh, a lot of them, a lot of them. I mean, the, them. I think the probably, Virgil Tedder and... Yeah, Charlie Boswell. Boswell. Uh, there was three or four in my class, Mike Pond. And, uh, wow. Yeah, I think there was a good 25. But it expanded big time after I got hired. They didn't hire for a while. and didn't. I was in the first class when they really sung. I was number one because I was the oldest. And, and they expanded big time. Are uh, they still in business? No, no, they – it. It was a, a lot of trouble bringing Southwest in. They didn't even fly in the midway. Next thing you know, they were taking over the routes about LaGuardia, and it was it was a mess. It was politics, uh-huh. politics big time. But they had a great <laughs> fleet. They had ten eleven, seven five seven, and seven twenty seven, wow. and and uh, those seven five sevens could go forever. You know, they they of course we had that extra. Uh, 500 gallons of fuel in the belly of the 727, so that's how we were able to go long distances on that. You know, uh-huh. it was a great airline too. The people were fine. People were, they got some really good talent there. How many pilots did airlines. they have? When you, how many pilots? How many when pilots? You were yeah. Well, when they hired on, I think I was 360 something like that, and before I knew it, uh, uh, I was. Uh, uh, moved up to captain so fast I couldn't hang on, and uh, I think they had well over a thousand when I turned sixty. Okay. And retired. I was hmm. the first pilot at ATA to turn sixty and leave. I got. And uh, all the others stayed on as check airmen. Uh, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, uh, chief pilot for the seven twenty seven came to my party down here, my retirement party. And, Georgia, and he told everybody that I had 60 days to do all my wife's chores, and then I had to come back because they had big plans for me. They never would tell me what the plans were, but I don't care what they were. I still wasn't going to come back. I was tired of coming. <laughs> and uh, I had to, you know, I can tell you another airline that they wanted me, their man at this airline, they were buying a little airline. And I said, well, what does that mean, I were man? This is after age 60. And he said, well, whatever you want it to be. <laughs> what I want it to be is do without me. <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. And the, the, the guy came down here, the 727 chief pilot, and told everybody I had, uh, I think he said, two months down here, and then I had to come back. And I told him I wasn't coming, and I meant it. <laughs> yeah. Jim Harris, did you uh, apply for any other airline after Eastern folded? I did not. Yeah. No, I, I I wish I could have or would have, but it's still the best job in the world, no matter how bad it, it is. is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it is. I agree with you. Mm. Well, <clears throat> all I know is I enjoyed every day of it. It it, it was the happiest day of my life was the day I went to work with Eastern Airlines. 
Yeah. Was and it and still is. That's nice. We had a we had a great airline, great people, great equipment, great routes. It couldn't have been better in reality. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it, it was a great well, it airline. Made, it made me happy. I know that. Yeah. And there's some uh, original Eastern Airlines mechanics working for the current Eastern Airlines. Yeah, that's right. You just mentioned that before on the air. So uh, did uh, did they just apply mechanics? Just apply? Were they sought after or what? Yeah, they were they were sought after and they, they applied. You know, but um, you know it's a huge operation out there in Kansas City. I mean, they they the jet um yeah really yeah really eastern airlines now owns a whole operation out there and they've bought um mechanic facilities they bought oh. um aerofox i think it's called who refurbishes the interior of the aircraft uh, so they it's not just eastern they, eastern and a whole bunch of companies under their umbrella out there at Kansas City and they use the old massive TWA hangers that are out there, yeah. and uh, so they have plenty of room for their seven seven sevens that they bring in, and, and um, plenty of room to park them and and start refurbishing them. And uh, um, I'm glad they put the the cargo on hold because that that was just is not going to go anywhere. You know? Well, let me ask you this, Mark: Did they hire any of the Eastern pilots? that were with uh, Ed Weagle's uh, uh, 2.0 version? No, because they only flew the 737. Ah, that's um, right, yeah. And here they're the <clears throat> flying the 767 and now uh, the 777. So even the 767 pilots are needing to be upgraded, but they're paying the 777 pilots more than the other commercial airlines because they need to pull them away yeah. from United and Delta and, and American. So um, they need to pay them, you know, more okay. at least for the captain. Yeah. Like 600,000 or 700,000 a year. Some oh, of these guys okay. yeah. on yeah, American United. Oh, that's astounding. It's, cra- it's crazy. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell you. Absolutely. Well, well, okay. Now, since, since um, we're all retired and, and we can't lose our license, I don't think, our certificates. And like Jim Harris says, we're not, we're not, we're still pilots. And, and, uh, but we just, we can't fly because nobody wants us to fly the airplanes, I guess. I don't know. But at any rate, I got some <laughs> questions here before we finish up. I want to ask you guys, and you don't have to answer these questions. I'll answer them because I, you know, I, I don't mind telling you some of the things that I did that I shouldn't have done. And and if I had been caught, I would have lost my job and, and what have you. But here's the first question. You don't have to, you don't have to say yes or no, but I, I'll tell you that I did. But the, the question is, did you ever fly a trip ill, I-L-L, ill, that you shouldn't have flown? Yes. How's that? Yes, I did. Well, me tell you about I, think, about I think Jim Harris yeah. probably did also. Okay, tell us about it, Jim. How older than you, Jim Harris? And then we me. were in uh, layover in you in L.A. and I wasn't not feeling good when I left Atlanta. But then we had a sort of a long layover there, and about it was a flying nonstop back, leaving about 10 a.m. I mean 10 p.m. nonstop to Atlanta. And the co-pilot, first officer, was Collins Bobar. Oh, golly, what was his name? Collins. Yeah, Vice Vice Captain Bomar, Collins Bomar. Collins Bomar, that's right, right. yeah. Yeah, he was the first officer, and, you know, he's a great guy, a great pilot, an old Klingon. And by about two hours before the flight, I just felt like hell. I wasn't throwing up or anything. I just felt terrible. I guess I was coming down with a flu, and I said, Collins, I there ain't nobody we can get to take my place. Now, you feel like you can fly this thing all the way to Atlanta by yourself? And I said, yeah, yeah, of course I can. And I'll tell you what, I sat in the captain's seat, and he did everything all the way over there. And 
I felt like going to sleep, but I felt I at least ought to try to stay awake, you know. But I felt like hell and got home, and I think I was in bed about three or four days. I don't know what I had. It just some kind of flu or something. I don't know. Okay. How about you, Jim Harris? I I don't, you know, I remember there was some, there was one time I shouldn't have flown. I don't remember what it was. All I know is I shouldn't have done it. It, I think it, I think I had a, I think I had an ear infection. Yeah. So I just got on the pressurization. Well, I came, I had a trip that I was, my head was full and uh, my ears were popping the whole time. 757 going into Boston Mm. at night. The, the ceiling was down to about a thousand feet. No, you know, and and we broke out, and and I was in the clouds. My leg landed at Boston, and coming in over the harbor, coming out of the clouds, and uh, seeing the runway, I had vertigo. Oh, I was oh, I was in a turn, and I didn't even know I was in a turn, and I didn't know which way was up or down, left or right, and you know that type of thing. And so recognizing that, I said, you got it, the, the first officer. It's all yours. And uh, he wondered what the hell I was, I was doing that for. But, uh, I mean, vertigo, spatial disorientation, or whatever you want to call it, man, I tell you, that was the worst case I have ever, ever had. And, you know, in a turn, coming out of the clouds at night over the harbor, and the lights of the city are there, and the airport's there, and the runway's there, and you don't know where you are. You can't figure it out in your own mind. And that was a scary situation. So, uh, you know, that that says one thing. If they ever fly airplanes with one pilot. Oh, no way. Yeah. That might be a nonstop flight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And the, I got one more, 757 again. I had a sciatic nerve attack, and I was commuting from Pensacola to Atlanta to fly my trips to San Juan. And I, Charlie, I can't think of Charlie's last name, was my first officer. Flown many, many times. He and I shared a lot of flights together on that airplane. And I had to almost cry getting on that airplane. And now I'm commuting, so I'm in position. I got my uniform. I made it out to the gate on the airplane, and I sat there, and I said, I can't do, I can't sit down. I can't. Have you guys ever had a sciatic nerve attack? Yeah. I, <laughs> I ended up having to lose my L4 over it. Yeah, well, it. This thing was terrible. I fell down in San Juan one time with it. I had about four cases of uh, sciatica nerve, and I told I told Charlie. I said, Charlie, this this flight looks like it's going to be yours to San Juan, and I don't know, might be yours coming back too. And so I sat there and I tried to set the brakes. I could not set the brakes. I was almost crying in my seat. So we got out and he he in that airplane. He had a, no, he didn't have, I forgot. I steered it, I think. Um, I forgot whether we had a, a, a yoke over on the right side of the 7-5 or not. I can't remember. I but don't know. I heard that we did. Yeah, I thought it was because he taxed it and everything. And we went all the way down to San Juan, me standing up. I couldn't sit up. <laughs> I stood up the whole trip in the behind yeah. my feet. What do what did the flight attendant think? I wonder. Uh, <laughs> I was observe, observing uh, Charlie doing a good job of flying, I guess. I got I got an area code 516. Who's at 516? Hey, Neil, it's George. Sorry, hey, George, I'm late. Hey, George, golly. My golly. How things going on up there in New York? Well, uh, things are a little better now, but, you know, with all that smoke, the past week, it wasn't too good. Oh, and, it was, uh, looked terrible. Uh, yeah, it did. And then, and then uh, where I live, we had a hailstorm for about a half an hour that killed a lot of my flowers and stuff. It was the worst I've ever seen it. Wow. Yeah. Wow, my yeah. golly. 
So uh, you writing any books, George? We got Captain yeah, George well, Chen on the on the air here, folks. And I uh, hadn't heard from him in a long time. What you what you writing now, George? I'm writing a novel, another novel like the first book, but it it's not about aviation. Uh, that's all I could say right now. <laughs> you know? Okay. It's called my it's called Montauk Divorce. Well, the board in there, been there, done that. <laughs> Lord, that would be a best best loser. Yeah, <laughs> that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Excuse me. Hey, Timmy oh, knows been there. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were talking about did you ever fly a trip? Uh, my first questions. I usually ask questions during the shows here, George. And uh, if you want, don't want to ask, answer. Uh, did you ever? Did anyone ever drink on the job? Um, no, well, nobody I, I ever saw. Yeah, when I when I was in Alpha Rep, um, I flew with one guy who was supposedly had done that in the past. But no, to answer your question, I've never seen it. And in fact, I don't, I believe the guy was uh, wrongfully, uh, uh, you know, accused of doing that. But uh, anyway. <sighs> That's the closest I ever got to that. Okay. I had a co-pilot that uh, uh, flew a trip to St. Thomas, a little layover there, and he invited me into his room uh, for a, a drink or two, and uh, the flight attendants were already there, and, and uh, marijuana was there also. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane. Mary Jane had come into the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well, it's uh, funny be, because at Eastern I never heard of that at all. But when I, I didn't left Eastern, yeah, when I left Eastern and went to eighty, and went to uh, U.S. Air. Um, it's funny because you know the captains there were younger than me, and uh, you know I flew first officer there for a few years, and um, they, they 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 spoke about it openly that you know not not while they were flying, but while they were off, they smoked marijuana, which I I thought was kind of interesting because as you know, Neil. A lot of the a lot of the captains at Eastern uh, were World War II veterans or maybe Korea, and you know all, all they what they all they ever did was drink. I, ne- I never even heard anybody yeah. mention yeah. marijuana. You know. Yeah. Mm. Who, who, who's, who else is on here, Jim? Jim Harris, yeah, Jim Harris yeah, with yeah. me, and and Mark Porter, telling us an update okay. on the uh, 3.0 version of Eastern, still out there okay. flying around. Good to hear. So, yeah. So, well, listen, a couple of more questions, and and uh, you don't have to answer these now because some of them are a little touchy. And uh, I did have a drinking problem when I flew for Eastern. And I can admit, I was never carried on an airplane. We had some pilots that the first officers actually carried them on and uh, carried them on the plane or either got them on the airplane. You remember back in the Convair days, they even sent uh, Charlie Hamner down to Chattanooga, and I was flying a trip. Uh, Not with this particular captain. He was on the sequence right, right before me, a day before me. And, and and they got him. They got him in his room because the trip left early the next morning and he was drinking. They fired him. I think his name mm-hmm. was Charlie Hamlin. Hamlin. Something uh, like that. And they, yeah. They fired you remember the that, Jim Holder? Too, but they yeah. Took him, yeah, they fired the co-pilot too, but they took him back Yeah, real that's quick. right. That's right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we had some problems there. Um, but, uh, okay, here's another question for you. Did did you um, uh, or which one did I want? <laughs> drugs, uh, I think, was the last one. Yeah, the drugs. Okay, we all worked at different bases. Who was your favorite chief pilot or supervisor? Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly. Paul Kelly. Okay. How about you up in New York, George? Uh, well, you know, it would be a toss-up between Walt Krepling and uh, Lloyd Griffiths. Both of them were, you know, they're kind of straight-laced guys, but but they were very nice, you know. Lloyd, I didn't know, but Walt, I got to know real well, and uh, with mm-hmm. Lipa, 
uh, Jim Holder. Yeah. You remember the Reaper meetings, and Walt used to go to oh, them, yeah. and, oh, yeah. and his wife yeah. died, and and he was dating that gal from uh, South America. I think she was very attractive woman. Singer, wasn't she a singer? Of yeah, some I sort? think so. I think she was. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, but he was a super nice guy. Walt was a really first class guy. Liked him. Uh, I guess mine was uh, probably uh, Perry Hudson. Oh yeah. And, uh, oh yeah. Never, never forget about he, him. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. But he was my. He was chief pilot before I came to Atlanta. Yeah. Well, I got there and 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 uh, did some favors for 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 uh, Perry, and we got to be real good friends. I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed him. Enjoyed it. But Paul Kelly, yeah, well, there's a class class gentleman. How's he doing? Do you know? He is living with his uh, sister still, and I talked to um, who did I talk to? Uh, oh golly, it's not an Eastern pilot, but he knows Paul and and says that uh, he is he's bedridden, I think, but uh, he's still living with his daughter, I think. Okay. In North yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. Hey Jim, uh, those Atlanta Braves have really been mohawking the Mets lately. I'll tell you. The <laughs> 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 last night, did you see that one last night? The end and yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the night before last, people got was, fired after uh, the game. <laughs> who did? I said some of the some of the shortstops and second basemen, I think, got fired by the Mets <laughs> last night after the game. That last <laughs> inning was something. Yeah, well, <laughs> the one that went ten innings. You know they were ahead, ahead, and ahead, and ahead, and ahead, and ahead. In the end, they. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, what are you going to do? That's the Mets. I, I where are they? Posi- since- where are they positioned? The Braves and the Mets. Oh well, the Braves are in first place. I believe the Mets are like in third place, maybe mm-hmm. six and a half or seven games behind them. Okay. Yeah. All right. the, the Braves, they they've got some team. They've got great hitters, really, and that great one good hitter. pitcher. That they have, he's been out. He he got hurt, but they they have a great team. Yeah, they do. It's amazing, yeah. you know. They hit grand slam home runs to walk off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, well, you know, they, I, they I don't have anybody in the ninth inning that could catch the ball. <laughs> I think they had like well, three or four errors in the ninth inning. I, I don't know if uh, if any of you folks remember, but we used to charter for the uh, Mets and the Jets, by the way. And yeah. uh, whenever I saw him, I used to bid him. We, it was on a 727 in New York. And I got uh, two or three autographed baseballs for my son because he was a big baseball player and a, a Mets fan. And uh, mm-hmm. Howard, Howard, Howard Johnson was the manager when, uh, when I was flying those charters. And, and mm-hmm. Joe, I'll tell you how far back it went. With the Jets, Joe Namath was the quarterback for the Jets, and um, I don't know if you recall, but he had a, a bar in New York. I think it was called Bachelors Two or something like that. And so he he came in the cockpit, and I spoke with him, and I said, "Gee, you know, I'd love to go with my wife to your bar." And he he gave me a uh, a thing with his signature, and we went there. And there used to be a long line around the block, and, and we got right in, right into the place, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember the Braves. I've done, I've when, done a lot of charters with the Braves. Yeah. Oh, really? Did you? Oh. Oh, yes. We yep. had did one, I, my, we had one pilot that became the Dodgers' uh, chief pilot. Remember, he he retired or he left Eastern to become the pilot for the Dodgers when they moved to on the Electra. I can't think. Yeah, of his who name. was that? Jim Holder, you remember? It. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't think of his name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we had another we had another Eastern guy who uh, went and became uh, Donald Trump's uh, pilot when he had that 727. I don't know if he flew the 730 or 757 for him or not, but I know when he had the 72 that he did. Wonder who that was. My God. I don't remember. I don't remember his name. All I remember was he was junior to me. So. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. Well, guys, nice having you with us today and a little bit of talk about everything. And uh, one final question is going out. Uh, If you can remember, what was your favorite crew meal 
served as a, you know, first class that we the flight attendants brought up. What was the, your very favorite crew meal, Eastern Airlines? Atlanta, L.A. That's right. What What did you eat? The stuff what that's left favorite? over there was good. <laughs> oh, we had all different kind of stuff, but Atlanta, L.A. was good, 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 good. I flew Atlanta, LA a lot too. <laughs> mine was Atlanta, Mexico City. Yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. coming back though, you got to be careful. <laughs> you might eat yeah. something you shouldn't have. <laughs> coming out of Mexico City, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You you could order you could order up your Mexican food till the next morning. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great meal on Eastern coming from Philadelphia to Miami. Okay. Uh, Never forget it. I was sitting there in the back, uh and the lady said, would you like to come to first class? You're the only passenger on the plane. I said, wow. I went to first class. I was 16 years old. They bring the cart back. They said, what would you like to drink? And my eyes fell on wild turkey. I said, I'll have wild turkey. Never drunk before in my life. They poured me two. I was out like a light. <laughs> I used to, I used to, I used to drink the beef feeders and a, a empty Seven Up can. <laughs> the flight attendants would serve me on my, on my uh, pass riding back and forth to Pensacola when I was living in Pensacola. <laughs> and, Neil, uh, I'm gonna have to hang up. I'm okay. Well, we're gonna go off the air right now, so I'm gonna turn it over oh, okay. to Bob Harrigan. Guys, right. I enjoyed Bye. talking Bye with everybody. you guys. Wonderful, wonderful. Okay. Same, same Take there. care, guys. George, Bye-bye. thanks so yeah, much for yeah. showing up. I appreciate it. Yeah, Come sorry, back but anytime. I guess, yeah, I guess better late than never. You know, so. Well, you always add uh, a lot to our show, so please, when you can, we'd like to hear from you. I Will do, turn, Neil. Thank I'm you. I'm going to turn it over to Hop Harrigan, and he's going to land the plane. We're getting out of here. Here we go, Hop. It's all yours. Feeling well, hundred, all clear. Okay, this is Hulk Harrigan coming in. <laughs> Here it is. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Coming in on a wing and a prayer. Though there's one motor gone, we can still carry on. Coming in on a wing and a prayer What a show, what a fight Yes, we really hit our target for tonight How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer How we sing as we limp through the air Look below, there's our field over there With our full crew aboard and our trust in the Lord We're coming in on a wing and a prayer
Fading out of sight Slowly fading